Hello and welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, I am Trent and it is wonderful to have your company today for episode 163. This week on Toy Power, we brace ourselves for COVID-19 as we talk about how it's impacting us and our toy collecting. Then it's into the latest news. And if we've got time, we're going to chuck a bit of reading, watching, playing, because we've all got time to do a lot of that right now. Joining me today via Zoom, we are trialing Zoom because we are in isolation. We have Frank. Yo, yo. Ben. G'day, g'day. And Darren. Hello, everyone. So do excuse us if we do sound a little bit less than the normal quality you're used to. And and maybe I will use that term quality fairly loosely, but (laughs) trying to invest in some, some sort of mini mixes that we could get condenser mics going for everyone. So we'll be back to um, sounding a little bit better, but yeah, trying out this, this new zoom thing. Yep. Yeah, so so far so good, but uh, and from a, a school point of view, which is which will lead us nicely into this COVID discussion, uh, we've been trialing this out with my school, and you know, teachers basically, we've had as many as uh, nearly a third of the school where the kids have just gone, no, nah, not coming to school, and the principal's response is basically. The school may very well be shut or told to shut by the government. That has not happened yet, but uh, we are still open for learning, which I think is a really positive attitude to say, right, here's the tools that we need to communicate with our students who are not on site. How do we do this? So look, so far, Zoom is, uh, has been pretty good. Um, to say, just to sort of lead it off, I sort of mentioned my, my workplace. Zoom has pretty much become my life. I've had to document it. I've had to do all sorts of crazy stuff with it. Big, long hours, big, long days. Um, how have we, and we're going to try and keep this relatively short. There's no shortage of negative news out there about this sort of thing. Uh, so we're going to speak to you a little bit about how it's impacted on us, in particular, how it may have impacted on uh, some toy-related events and indeed, uh, you know, toy and pop competition space in general but maybe we'll just start with um you know how it's affected you in your work and sort of family life uh mr ben being a retail person how's uh, how's it been mate yeah crazy? It, <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, two christmases in one without any planning whatsoever uh it's and not not in a good way not the joy no, of christmas, joy of christmas. Yeah. the uh, of christmas I I sort of started seeing it firsthand because I've sort of got my finger on the pulse with uh, retail and uh, started, you know, seeing that we were, hey, we've started selling all our toilet paper. Ha, 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 wicked, cool. And then when the toilet paper was not able to be replenished, all of a sudden all the tissues went and all the baby wipes went and then all of a sudden everyone's, all the sanitizers gone mm-hmm. and the disinfectant was next and you know, you name it. And then when the phone calls come along, you know, 35 phone calls a day asking for toilet paper from customers asking, you know, and then the um, uh, limits put placed on by the business, uh, one one or two per customer sort of thing, it uh, hits a huge reality sense that uh you know something's really really going wrong with the um the uh, community and things that is coming to you when you walk across the road to the local supermarket and that you can see through from one aisle to the next because their shelves are barren bare and uh when you sell five freezers in one day because uh people are stocking up on freezers and things it's just absolutely unheard of Uh, i mean 
from a retail point of view, we're doing very, uh, you know, high sales because people are um, hoarding, you know, everything from uh, things for their kids to do, you know, all the board games and things. They're coming in and cleaning us out. Uh, but on the flip side, everyone's reper- returning all their party uh, you know, aspects or their mm. uh, plastic plates and things like that because their their functions have been cancelled yeah. and things like that. And you hear the horror stories. My, you know, son's wedding was this weekend, and you know, no one's coming, or we've had to yep. cancel it. Sort of yeah. that, those those grounded reality facts yep. that it's not just a big, you know, international sport sporting event type thing. It's someone's poor wedding that they've probably been looking forward to for so most long. important day of their life. Mm, absolutely. Uh, one of their most important yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, on wednesday of this week i hit uh rock bottom and um it, it just got all too stressful for me and i sort of um you know got all a bit much i didn't know what was going to happen i didn't know if we were going into quarantine i didn't know if work was going to shut or if we were going to stay open and just they say, you know, stay 1.5 metres away from, you know, the your next person. Don't do handshaking and all this stuff. And yet the register is only 40 centimetres wide. So <laughs> uh, it sort of defeats that fact of, and they're saying, have a set, have a bottle of sanitizer at every register and we don't even have sanitizer to have sell. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've got a bottle of sanitizer that's a litre size and there's a hundred mils left. So when you pump it, it's just sucking up that last little <laughs> bit at the bottom and people are offering to, to buy it off you for $10, you know, Jesus. because there's just nothing around the market. It, uh, and that's just a, you know, a tip of the iceberg of, mm. you know, I've been abused this week. I've been shouted at, I've been, you know, blamed for mm. hoarding, uh, you know, for, you've got for more in the back. Things. I know you have, you know, right. I've, I've also, flipped it over to i'm so sick of this i'm you know the next person comes in and like he was a tradie he says you know after 15 other customers have asked me in the last hour have you got any toilet paper or sanitizer or whatever i said no nah, mate you sh- you're looking in the wrong place you should be going and buying knives and uh, you know steaks and uh, <laughs> things like that you know for the oncoming zombie apocalypse <laughs> like uh, you're shopping for the wrong product and he took it very to heart and I needed that laugh at that moment. <laughs> I needed that laugh because I my head was going to explode. Mm. Uh, and um, yeah, it's been um, very interesting times, and it's completely untapped territory for yeah. uh, many, many people. Uh, well, I think for it has most people, because there's been nothing generation. like this since the 1918-1919 Spanish flu. Yeah. So. Are you blaming um, my people for this? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, actually, I'm not. I'll tell you why I'm not. Frank, the Spanish flu is actually believed um, to not have originated in Spain. They were just the first to re- uh, to report it because it was wartime and they went on either side of the war. They reported it. It's believed that soldiers on both sides had it and neither, neither side wanted to, to announce to the world that this was happening to their soldiers. <laughs> so it took a country that was, I guess, um, totally uninvolved in the war to say, hey, look, there's this thing happening to our, our citizens. So okay. if anything, you, you guys are the heroes who, who announced it to the world that mm. something needed to be done about it. And welcome to the history section of our show. Nothing is off limits. Aaron, <laughs> I'd, I'd really love to hear your um, point of view now working in in the social sector in, in social care. And, and I guess I know this, this may, you may sort of only see it 
a touch on because you're very specialized in what you do. Um, but what, what's been, I guess, your perspective on it, having that social worker angle on this sort of crisis? Well, I think it's, it's definitely got it's definitely got people somewhat nervous as to what's ha- going to happen. I think anytime you say we don't know what's going to happen, this could happen, maybe that'll happen, and then you see other countries that are that are further advanced with this doing some of these what would normally seem incredibly extreme things. It it has people people worried. I guess you know I I look at it from the other lens because because my parents are a certain age as well. I I feel you know it's really important i do my level-headed best to make sure i don't get this because it means different things to different demographics Mm. and that's something to bear in mind Uh, you know also in the in the i guess in the human services in the social work area you know people's immune systems are often also not as great as 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 other people's as well so um and and that's generalization i know but there's a whole group of people that are considered vulnerable when it comes to this. And that list seems to be ever changing as, as more and more becomes Mm. known about this illness. So, so I guess it's just, it's just hang in there try and be, try and be strong, do the social distancing stuff, try and keep people, you know, try and do your level headed best. You know, obviously hygiene is important. Personal hygiene is always important, but it's, you know, it's so much more important now, mm. given what we get, you know, going into, and and you don't want to pass it on to someone who who it because it means different things to different people. Yeah, no, exactly. Good point. Just for the listeners out there, we are recording this on twenty twentieth of March, um, in Australia, just at a very high level where we're at, we have been given guess what we're calling social distancing recommendations that are being enforced by the government so just to quickly touch on that it means in an open air space more than 500 people in a closed or indoor space no more than 100 people can gather and as of today yeah, you need um like four four square meter like enough room to have however many people taking up four square meters each in that space yeah. um, everything's shutting down except for schools and obviously workplaces are still open um and I guess, yeah, yeah re- retail, I mean, retail is critical. You know, shops are, are selling out of obviously all those sort of items Ben alluded to. Um, but one of the big things I think will be you know, this decision to close schools and go into that almost that further lockdown. Yeah. Uh, a lot of organizations, and I know Frank mentioned, you know, he's pulling together, how do we make it work? How do we keep schools open for learning in this environment where we can't have people in, in classrooms? So it's, it's, I think we're sort of on the verge of another set of measures. But funnily enough, we had AFL season kicked off and they're playing in empty stadiums. So it was it's crazy so Thursday stupid. night. Yeah, so, so strange that this was sort of my call out here. The, the strangest things I guess I've seen, and, and look, there's dollars. The economy is a, a massive one. The airline industry has been hammered. But, you know, like the, the, the rights for the television for the AFL season is worth so much money and they just obviously want to keep it going but we're, we're you know it just takes one case one player to be infected and the whole thing's gone. so it's just a, it's a ticking time bomb that thing's not yeah. going to last terribly long but the one that really got me which i thought was crazy was casinos the first thing we heard was casinos are staying open 
What? They seem totally exempt from this gathering concept. They seem to have gotten out of it on technicality. Wow. They're saying, yeah. oh, we're, we're taking away chairs from the poker machines so that you can't <laughs> sit next to the next one. But it's like... That makes no sense. like something you just shut down. Like, but yeah, they've got so much like, weight. Oh, so much pull. They're making so much yeah. money that they somehow got around all this. And that, that defies logic in my opinion. Yeah. The most vulnerable people that are addicted to gambling to keep them going, to keep them propping up these big money makers was just beyond belief. You know, you know, I think, uh, and this is just me, like, I think all your big Westfield shopping centres, so the big, huge, ginormous uh, capitalist, you know, shopping centres shouldn't be open, you know, and, and you talk about four square metres uh, in between your next person, you'd, be, you'd struggle in some of the supermarkets to of be that far from yeah. all of the other customers that, that they may are be suddenly rushing. Yeah, I think the, the way that works is it's sort of, they call them sort of these gatherings, um, but th- there are specific exemptions and it must be that casinos somehow have that exemption. Well, the exception exemptions don't make sense, right? The virus does not give a damn whether you're in a casino or a school no. or a workplace. It doesn't but, but, care. No, I, I get no, that. It's indiscriminate, I, get this, I agree. It's indiscriminate, mm. but, but this is a balancing act that government's playing now because the, the smartest thing to do, well, theoretically the smartest thing to do is to shut everything down as much as you can right because that that's the only way to really stop the spread at this point but in doing that as soon as you close the schools you pull about 30 percent of the workforce out because you can't go i'll just go to granny and grandpa's because they're they're vulnerable so they can't look after it so you pull the workforce out to stay at home and look after the children and that has a flow-on effect to to hospitals you pull out nursing yeah i agree so 30 percent so it's a it's a balancing act so that's why the alternative I've seen floated is that you do a, a, what they call a, a, a skeleton opening where you might have one or two staff members stay at school for the people yes. whose yeah, children correct. work in the healthcare sector, for example. No, but what about and the people that work retail? There's, there's yeah. so many. And this is the yeah, thing, right? There's, there's, there's no, no that's exactly there's right. No there's procedures. Procedures. And, and the, the other issue is, right, so, okay, let's say only retail's allowed to be open, right? Let's yep. say in a perfect world, and retailers. The and all yeah, that stuff. of course, of course. Yeah. So people need to get to the retail and the hospital. So petrol stations need to stay open, yep. Yep. and then the the truck drivers need to deliver the stock. The That's people right. need to pick the stock. The people need to make the stock. The people need to, yeah. um, you know, you need to have a hardware store or a, a mechanic open because what if someone's cars broke down? Oh no, Absolutely. I flushed tissues down the um, toilet because <laughs> I've run out of toilet paper. I need a plumber. plumber. Oh no, yeah. all the all the tradies need to stay open. You know, where do you draw the line? It's yeah, just... no, I hear you. It, it's and, not, and it's not essential saying... versus non-essential. Yeah, yeah. It, there's a line and there's a definition. And, and at some point you try and minimise the risk. So the plumber, you know, and, and the problem is there's not enough personal protective equipment out there. So mm. even doctors, when they were talking about who would do the COVID testing, they've gone to the pathology labs because GPs don't have enough don't have the gear. to do the test. Yep. Well, let's, so let's, it's, talk it's, about, let's talk about positive things. Right yeah. now, there's no breath or alcohol testing on these. <laughs> <laughs> so because, you know, um, the other positive thing is that fuel prices have gone down, right? Super so, you cheap. know, in, in yeah. Australia, we're um, used to $1.6 per litre for the average, um, yeah, $1.60 per litre for the um, average uh, fuel price. Now it's under 95, like it's like 97.5 cents. And I haven't seen that for 20 years. Yeah, exactly. And flow that on, like, I mean, yeah, look at the environment. I mean, China, 
there's no pollution at the moment because obviously all the factories. No one's are, outside. Yeah, so no one's driving. Yeah, and I think people probably will get into a mindset of how how do we now conserve in this environment? And you know, the, some of those things that are really important to sustainability, we might be kind of forced to consider. You know. Yep. Um, how, how do you wipe your behind with one sheet of paper? Can it be done? Chris Wisdom, can you, can you tell us how to do that? Mm. Um, that sort of thing. So um, there, there will be, I guess, positives there, but at the moment, all that uncertainty mm. and, and just the way this spreads without showing any symptoms, you know, that yeah, it's just it's scary. You know, yeah. it's, it's scary. So um, mm. we're, we're in lockdown. We're in uh, doing this via Zoom, as we said. Mm. Let's just quickly go into, because obviously we talked about the mass gatherings and one, there's a government directive here in Australia and that, that will vary depending on where you're listening in the world as to how restrictive that is. Obviously in Italy, where they're really reaching crisis point, there's a, a more draconian measures about that coming into play. Um, but we, we had a lot of events here on the toy calendar, Brett Owens comic and toy trade day, which was scheduled for the 19th of um, April. April, I think. Yeah. That's been canceled. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you just, in this environment, you can't have those people getting together. It just, I mean, you, you, you legally can't do it. Yeah. And then the big event, which was May 30 and 31, the mega toy swap meet, one of the biggest swap meets here in the Southern hemisphere that has now been a, officially postponed mm. so hopefully when things are better we'll still get i guess a toy fair this year but you know we, we just can't have those people gathering indoors at, at this sort of at this sort of point yeah well in the uh, in the pop culture space you've also had e3 that got cancelled um is san diego comic-con is questionable is a question at this stage that's still a little bit further out um, but I think, you know, unless the situation improves dramatically in the next month, let's say, I think that the only... Co- I mean, uh, the uh, Breaking the Panel boys talk about it all the time. Con crud, you know, you're in a yes, place where there's yes. thousands of people, yeah. you're going to get the average common cold, let alone this highly infectious, mm. invisible disease sort of yeah. thing. So well, the, the poor guys over at um, My Wife is Going to Kill Me, they had... Um, Pete had his mosquitoon. Uh, coming up, and he had the four horsemen coming to that event. Oh. And he had to, they, they pulled out, and because of the um, absolutely co- uh, C virus thing, and then he, he had to cancel it because of the um, numbers that he was going to potentially get. Well, I, just, I'm impressed. It all comes to grounded to reality when that sort of you know, people yeah, you know, and events like that, and it's the world, yeah. You know, well, and can... uh, what's going to happen with the Olympics? Yeah. The Olympics oh, is this they, year. they're still saying it's going to go ahead, but I just to Trent's point earlier, there's just too much money on the table for that to not go ahead. But what you're going to find is how many countries, how many athletes are going to go, yeah. oh, I'm yeah. not going, screw or, it. Or crowds, even. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we seem to have lost Darren. This is why we're testing Zoom. Um, Darren was our uh, test baby, so hopefully we can get him back at some point. Yeah. Right. I think we, the show must go on, so we'll That's keep it. going. It yep. does. Just quickly on movies. I thought this was an interesting one with the yeah. cinemas. Obviously, you can't have people in cinemas at the moment. In a lot of, right. I think in the US in particular, they've shut down the cinemas. And what a great platform we have for releasing films. So according to Empire Magazine, the new Bloodshot film starring Vin Diesel has now moved into digital download territory as of next week in the United States. And I saw that there was there's the Ben Affleck film, I think, the, the hard road back or something along those lines where he plays a coach 
again, that movie is going to come straight. Uh, Black Widow has officially been delayed as oh, well. Oh, wow. I was wondering about that. But, that uh, been... Yeah, Disney Disney had delayed uh, Mulan and a couple of other big releases, but they held off with Black Widow because that's the one they were really hoping to, you know, everyone's been crying out saying, where's our Black Widow movie? It's done. It's pretty much been filmed. Um, and now they Just... can't release it because there'll be no one to see it. Basically. Yeah, and this is interesting. Like these films, I think that we're talking about here, a partway through release, you know, they might've had a, a couple of showings, a couple of weekends. Um, and so if you, if you don't do anything now, that's dead. I mean, they're, yep. they're just going to tank until you get the video sales. So yep. while the iron's hot strike and interesting that the movies um, are using now the digital platforms, does this spell the end? <sighs> I mean, there's look this whole COVID stuff. There's not a lot of winners out of it, but you've got to, admit the streaming services stand to benefit more than most industries do i think a lot of people on the fence will be signing up for uh streaming services and i think the streaming services of a lot of other things will be rubbing their hands together thinking you know yeah and now they're just going to compete against each other to you know all right so i guess we're just going to wrap with covid with the final question what does this mean for your collecting habits right now i mean we just had new york and new york shot through so many good things whether those will be manufactured now mm-hmm. at all or just with a delayed time frame as this passes but what is it what, how are you feeling on the ground in this time of uncertainty are you just going all guns blazing and getting everything or are you really cutting back Quite the opposite, man. I have not. There's been so much stuff, usually on the secondary market at this point. Uh, I just, I haven't pulled the trigger on anything because you sort of sit there and in the back of your mind, there's this little voice going, you know, as much as we we make jokes and memes about the uh, toilet paper shortage and all this sorts of stuff, what if we do get to that point where, you know what, I need to spend $100 to buy a thing of toilet paper because we've bloody got none, right? Um, so, yeah, for myself, I have cut all the way back. Look, I'll probably still go in for, you know, some uh, pre anything over $100, and I'm really considering how badly do I want this sort of thing. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I, I usually like to frequent the op shops and things when I've got time before um, I go to work some days on my late shifts. And sometimes if I finish early, I'll, you know, head to the op shop on the way home. I've stopped doing that. I'm enough of a risk at working in my retail store, yeah. you know, rubbing shoulders with the customers. I don't want to risk myself any more than I have to. So I've stopped doing those, um, you know, out of my way trips. I've also stopped uh, buying anything as well uh, to Frank's point because I don't, and and not just in Australia, but I don't want to order something from overseas. Let's say it's a really good price and things like that. And it just gets stuck, right? It just gets stuck. Let's say in between, let's say from in California and it just sits there and sits there. And two months later, it opens up and then it gets to Melbourne and then it gets stuck there and stuck there. And then, so for something I've ordered, that might cost me 50 bucks and that's Mm -hmm. a damn good deal. It might take three months to actually physically get there. And the longer it takes, the the more chances it is to get lost in transit. The post office guys, uh, you know, if they even see you, they're okay to just say COVID-19 and write the parcel off as a signature and chuck (laughs) it on your doorstep. Ali had that experience just today. She was expecting a parcel tracking. She knew it was coming. Uh, The guy, he managed to put it on the doorstep before uh, she even got to the door and he was literally running up the driveway away from Ali, just going four meters, four meters. And Ali's like, am I supposed to sign for this? He's like, don't care. I've signed for you. Have a good day. Bye. 
Like yeah, he was COVID-19 literally running scared of her. Answers everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's that aspect. And, and to, to Frank's point, you know, I'm I'm going to be binge watching TV. I'm, the kids are going to be using a lot of electronics, watching um, whatever on their laptops and being entertained. And I still got to pay electricity bills, you know, mm-hmm. even though if I'm isolated, I've still got to, my mortgage is still going to come out. Um, you know, the banks say they're going to look after me, but damn, you know, yeah, if, we'll if I run out of, you know, time off at work or whatever, if this, you know, last two or three months and bang, sorry, Ben, you're um, stuck at home or, you know, my wife is uh, works in a supermarket. So she's still probably going to be on the call list to um, go into work, but you know, heaven forbid one of us gets sick. Mm. Like I need those funds to, you know, <laughs> to, yes. to, as a backbone, you know, I can't, I'm, I can't say, Hey guys, I've got a um, laser light Skeletor, you know, I'll, I'll trade that for a, a, a bag of 32 Some toilet, toilet paper. paper. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's concerning really reality at the moment. So yep. I'm just trying to be um, cautious where I can be cautious. And uh, that being said, I've, got some things for these guys here that I'm um, going to just keep holding on to until, um, you know, it's all passed and we're all good to uh, actually, you know, you know, give to each other, so to speak. <laughs> we're all safe. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Now, pretty much, pretty much same thing. Um, I was actually looking at selling a lot of stuff and going through, and I guess I put that on hold to some degree because um, just doesn't seem the right time to be doing that. And, and like you guys have said on the buying side, there's not a lot of interest and in, and I think people's priorities are not with things that are not necessary. Not so I, I would say, you know, to, to Ben's point, you know, I'm not even really leaving the house for anything other than school pickups. I'm, I'm, I've got a year off from work. So I'm, I'm writing my book from home. I don't need to, to get out. Um, so I, you know, I wouldn't normally, if I was at home on a, a day off, I might pop down to Kmart and check that out. But, you know, none of those visits are happening because it's just not worth the risk, in my opinion. You're just uh, spending the time growing that gorgeous mane of hair of yours, really, aren't oh, you? That's it. and, and, a... and beard to match. <laughs> Love that's it. Just, that's just three days of growth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's pretty pretty much it. Lockdown, face reality, and um, hopefully, when it when it all clears, we can get back into the hobby and, and enjoy it again. Yeah, there's a and wonderful. On- I was just going to say, sorry, Ben, there's a wonderful, if you need a bit of a pick me up, because this all sounds a bit grim and a bit too much like a video game. There's a wonderful video out there by uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, the two guys who you've done. uh, Was it Shaun of the Dead? Probably their most famous one. Um, uh, Hot Fuzz and some of these. And if you know you're Shaun of the Dead in particular, it's a very funny video where they parody themselves because uh, in that movie it is a, it's a zombie apocalypse movie and they take the piss out of or sort of what's going on but basically end it all by saying if we can survive a zombie apocalypse we can survive this just look after each other it's all yeah. going to be okay yeah. so yeah. yeah that's right and and that's what i was going to say to our listeners please look after each other uh, look after your family especially if you've got elder rallies or whatever um, yep. who are more like vulnerable and things um yeah just uh reach out and um help where you can beautifully well said that's it perfectly said all right let's move on to our next topic three two one cue music so what have you got for me he's got a new hat News and news has been a little bit sparse, but 
there's still a little bit happening. So yeah, we're going to um, jump into the news now. Um, loot Crate. We knew, we know Necker had purchased Loot Crate and that, bodes well because oh, you know, yeah. well we love our turtles don't we and necker is doing some amazing stuff um the first thing we saw was this reuse of the mirage shredder who would want another shredder though right <laughs> <laughs> Me. this time i think it's sort of uh, if, I'm, if i'm remembering this right it's called a first appearance shredder yeah so i think it's taking that um black and white look so the the first appearance in the in the comic book so i think this guy's going to look amazing taking in a uh, silhouette pose or a um, oh. black and white aspect or yeah. a, you know a heavily shadowed picture uh, I think this guy's amazing and it's great to see this you know older sculpt being um, revitalized for the New York Comic Con exclusive uh, five pack from yeah. a few years ago which, so. which was done where he was sort of wearing the red and and you know the, the helmet and, and all the armor this is all all purple with silver armor and and that real cell shading, extra, extra shading, yeah, yeah, shaded beauty. It almost looks like the armor is metallic, and I yeah. don't want to say promise that, mm. but it looks very, it looks very shiny from some of the photos. So it will be interesting to see in hand because I feel Splinter, the Ghost Splinter, mm. was a little bit, you know, hey, look what we can do with our photography. How cool is this? And then in hand, it was yeah. a little bit more cloudy. Yeah. And I'm saying the nicest yeah, no, way it didn't, possible. Didn't look as then, good as the photo. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Agreed. Still a cool figure, but it looked on the larger side of yeah. Um, the photography it, made it look better than it probably does to most um, uh, people who aren't photographers. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think there was some magic in that photography. Yeah. What um, do we think about the rest of these crates though? Because basically, okay. what they've revealed is yeah. this: the shredder is crate one. You know yeah. what you're getting. Loot crate, of course, you pay you whatever it is, $75, you get uh, unspecified other stuff. And we know based on the people who have received their uh, Spirit of Splinter figures, unfortunately, I am not one of those people just yet, but we get a, uh, a T-shirt that has a, a foot logo on it. We get the foot bandana, which is friggin' exciting, to be completely honest, and uh, some other like stickers and some other yeah. stuff like that. Yep. So that's crate one. They've also announced two more crates that are just big old question marks on them at the moment. Nobody yeah, look, we've got a bit of information. The first, the second crate, is, so we don't know what the figure is, but it's said to be from the video game. And there was a bit of discussion going on about who that might be. Mm. And I think Randy came out and said, look, it's not a foot soldier and it's not April. Yep. So the oh, third, cool. All right. crate, third crate is from the cartoon and there's a picture of Rocksteady up on the site. Yep. Now, if you go follow that through to the fourth item, now it's not the fourth crate, but if you lock in up front right and buy all of the crates one two and three you get bebop in the bunny suit from the um fred wolf cartoon series i think it's the turtle in the hair episode so a lot of people then thought okay well if we're getting bebop in the bunny suit there's a picture of rocksteady for crate three it's going to be rocksteady in the bunny suit there was some discussion where Randy came back and said, that would be obvious here at NECA. We don't always do the obvious thing. Oh, so I think, bastards. I think that's saying <laughs> it's not Rocksteady in the bunny suit at this stage. Question did come up about whether they just got the actual bebop and put him in a, like a faux sort of fur outfit yeah. that you kind of put over the top, like the trench coat style of thing. But I think this is, they did say there's going to be some new tooling on these figures. So I did think that there's going to be some sculpting that goes into the bunny. So it might be that you can't just 
use the rock steady yeah. mold quite quite easily. So who knows what it is? If you um, opt in for the, if you go, I don't want the bonus item, so I'm just going to get crate one. It automatically renews for crate two and three. Yeah. So if you just want shredder. You have to basically go in and then opt out after the shredder yeah, has. Yeah, and that, and that comes from the, the loot crate heritage, right? The, ideally, that it's a subscription based model that you sign up and you pay back in the day your $29.99 a month, whatever it is, and you get these crates rolling in. So it's not a subscription to loot crate per se. What you have, quote unquote, subscribed yeah. to is this series of turtles crates, which is one, two, and three. So just, yeah, watch out for that. If Shredder is the only one you're interested in, make sure you're going to cancel your subscriptions afterwards or just stay in so we can all get more turtle stuff, to be honest. <laughs> Any theories on what the, the uh, look, the, the, the bunny suit stuff uh, probably doesn't interest me. And the problem with the cartoon is there's, 10 seasons of varying quality when you really go back and revisit them. I got a feeling I'm not going to be a fan of this, whatever version of Rocksteady we get, but the arcade one has me really interested. Um, particularly because the, the teaser image they had was from uh, the scene uh, in the first chapter of the game where you're fighting Bebop and Rocksteady and there's a, a damsel in distress, April in the background. So I just went, boom, it's got to be April because we've got, we know the mold exists based on the show, um, the, the cartoon version with the heavy cell shading, why would you not then just paint that with your uh, video game yeah. Or it could paints? be taken from the comic one, the, the, um, yeah. the NECA ones yeah, from the... Uh, ah. Yeah. But yeah. This, this is so no, but you're saying it's not... Yeah, well, it's not April. It's not no, April. that's the no. thing. So I'm kind of a bit. It's not April. It's not no, it's a not foot, foot soldier. soldier. Uh, they've kind of done everything else, unless we are well, looking. Well, be off and rock steady with the um, the the, the yeah. video game paint on them, basically. Yep, yep. There's a lot they could do. So, mm. look, I, I I jumped on it. Oh, yeah, you're much, on. I'm not buying a lot of stuff. And didn't and, we just uh, finish saying we've not ordering toys, Trent? I did this. I did this as soon as it came out before uh, <laughs> pre before COVID. Pre before COVID that's yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we knew the full extent. So mm. um, interesting. Anyway, um, what happens with that? Moving on to Lego and Mario. This is a fascinating one. We got a teaser that Lego was teaming up with Nintendo to do Lego Mario and. I didn't. I thought, you know, we'll see some sets. We'll see a Mario minifigure and that sort of thing. What we saw was actually very different. So this is actually a Lego set. You actually build a level. Okay, if you can imagine this, you build what you would see in the computer game, right? So you've got the pipes and you've got the Goombas and you've got the flag that you jump on at the end of the level and you've got fire and you've got turtles with their turtle shells and everything. And you literally build that almost like a obstacle course out of Lego pieces. Like a board game. Like a board yeah. game. Yeah, right. Yep. 3D board game, right? Then you've got this quite large blocky blockhead Mario. style. Yeah, yeah exactly. Electronic and he looks like his eyes are screen LCD screens and his chest is an LCD screen, maybe his mouth. And you actually then move him across the course and you collect coins as you go and the coins appear on his chest and his eyes move and uh, he goes, and then at the end you jump onto the flagpole. Um, really, really interesting. Like how you play that. And there was a, there was a little video of two kids playing it. They're passing the Mario to each other and going along. And I think it's like, it's a very innovative idea 
to make, I've, I've never seen this done where you actually take a video game, then make it in the real and actually kind of try and play well, it. Like that's yeah. crazy. And, and like, so you're a fan. Well, I'm not, I don't, I don't know if I'm a fan, but just the concept's so yep. interesting. It's them, it's them trying something different. Like yeah. when, the, when their teasers were out there, everyone's going, oh, cool, Mario in Lego. And just you almost pictured in your mind what to, knew what to expect before it actually arrived. And it's totally now, different. It's totally different. I think that's yeah. what's probably spun most people out. You just go, it's not, and if you actually read the, the verbiage that comes with it, they say it's neither video game nor Lego. It's this weird hybrid. Yeah. I, I guess, and it's, it's, it's interesting in that respect. You go, all right, let's see where this goes. The problem is I don't think it's going to go anywhere. This is a, no. a one-use thing. You're not going to be able to do this for other video game designs because they don't work the same way Mario does, right? No, you're, not going to be out, yeah. you're not going to be able to do a Legend of Zelda using <laughs> this style because it just doesn't apply. It's one use, and, and this is where the gameplay will be so fascinating because yeah. nothing's moving, right? You're just like, he, in the video, he jumps you know, on a Goomba and he gets a coin and, and you know, that's cool. But then he jumps on the fire guy and burns and like that's a bad thing it's like what why did you jump on that like what forces you to jump on that it just like, didn't what press the wrong you, yeah what <laughs> forces you to put the fire to, uh, turtle in the spot in his you know yeah in like, his avenue of play yeah it, it, it's so it's so yeah. weird to me but but you know your your point around this, this is a one-shot thing well it is to some extent because you're only ever going to play Mario, but you could build the levels in lots of different ways because it's Lego, right? So maybe you can add yeah. extra things. And so that's all kind of cool. I just think it's going to be really weird when you sit there and you actually play this thing, like you jump this little digital Mario and he, he interacts and that's really cool. But once you've done that once, once or twice, what's, this is going yeah, to cost a lot of money, next? right? Exactly. That Mario yeah, is going to be worth like yeah. 40 bucks on his own, let alone the Lego set. Yep. That's a lot of money to bounce a little thing along a course a couple of times. Yeah. What, what's, and that, that's my question on this. What is the thing that holds the interest like? The longevity. This, yeah, like, like what are the kids going to do that they go, I want to play that Mario thing again? Like, well, I, I, to well, your I point, I think that's the, that's the Lego. For, forget the Mario figure itself. I actually think that's the weakest part of this whole thing. If you, to your point, the, the course is Lego and you can alter the course, then it becomes a, a customizable video game-ish, yeah, yeah. right? Where nothing um, interacts except for you. Well, see, this is the thing, right? <laughs> if so you're, you're literally controlling Mario, Mario jumps from <laughs> here to here, why the hell would you not just jump from start to finish? I got a million points, perfect score. I'm out. Like, well, you need, you I must don't... need to get the coins along the way. Like by doing that, you don't get any coins. The, yeah. the only the only way I can see this working, right? So you get this pretty steady stage, you know, inbox, right? Like that's that's your stage you get. The only way to make this interesting is if you grab your existing Lego, tip it out on the table, set up multiple avenues like a you know choose your own adventure. You get to a wide junction and you've got to choose left or right, and then that you know whatever way you choose uh, opens up into another wide junction and things like that so you make a bit of a course in, in itself so you make the course and then you tap your mate on the shoulder or your mum or your dad or whatever and say right i've made the course come and play my game now you know what i mean yeah but there's got to be other electronic components to this as far as when he jumps on a 
on a on a pipe yes, or a goomba. Yes. There's yeah. got to be some sort of sensor on there. And I, I, I the only again, you've only got let's say yeah. you've only got five. You, gotta, you can't stretch it out to fifteen different points across. Yeah, the, there's got to be the, some sort of random. Yeah. Okay, he, you've told him to jump here, but guess what? You didn't press B hard enough, and he got killed by the goomba instead of stomping on it. Do you okay. know, what I mean? there's got to be that electronical random element to it. Right. Because if you're the one physically moving the character, it's it's <laughs> always going to win, right? <laughs> That's a bit of I, yeah. I don't think this will be successful because it'll be too expensive from the get-go. Agreed. Like, let's say it's a $100 set. Not every person that's half keen on this will be like, no, I'm not spending $100 on this. Yeah. I'd rather spend 20 bucks and buy you a game of Monopoly. Yep. But if this, if this was a straight-up Lego version of Mario... Oh, it'd be, it'd be that, 20 bucks. It, you know? Well, uh, it may be 120 bucks, but you know what? People are going to buy that because they're like, I Nintendo. love my Mario, I yeah. love my Lego, this is the dream. And you can have you could put Mario at various points across the Lego build. I think the game component is going to raise the price and it's going to make people just switch off. Basically. Mm. All right. Very interesting, interesting times ahead times. Mm. for Lego and Mario. Moving on to some Batman news now. And it's raining Michael Keaton at the moment. We are getting <laughs> lots of Michael Keaton 1989 Batmans. And Tamashi Nations has given us a teaser for an upcoming SH Figarts Michael Keaton Batman figure. Details are going to be released on March 26. So literally only a couple of days away. And yeah, they've done a typo. Typo on the image there. Three thirty-six. <laughs> like like a month has thirty-six days. Um, no, but so March twenty-six. Um, oh look, we know the quality of SH Figure Arts uh, figures. Yeah. So to get a Keaton version in this line is going to appeal to a lot of collectors. Mm. So I think this is going to be a big one. But but. I think, you know, like we've seen Mezco do one. Um, obviously, we've seen uh, the NECA one that's that's been good. The, we, we are getting, it's finally getting its just desserts, like um, this Michael Keaton Batman. I think this is going to have to do something pretty special to stand out amongst those really, really high-end stuff. This is not going to be a cheap figure, no. but it's not at the, the Hot Toys level. I, I'd like to see them do something like a uh, the the head at the end of the movie where the the cow has sort of been ripped off and he's still got like a bit of a neck piece left behind and, you know, he's got a blood nose and stuff. Give us a head like that. Oh, yeah. Just to stand out from the crowd, basically. No, that'd be be great. Yeah, I know Hot Toys did that ripped cow and it rips in that very asymmetrical way with a little bit of the head. It looks, I love that version. Mm. that's, That's very cool. Speaking of Hot Toys, they're doing something that I haven't seen them do before and they do this from time to time. Obviously, Hot Toys bread and butter is the one six scale figures. So that's what we know Hot Toys does well. But every so often you see them dabbling in these other lines. Like I remember they did a Monsters Inc. I don't know what they call them, Q-Berts or something, where there's these cutesy cartoon designs, right? Okay. So Hot Toys are now dabbling in almost three and a half inch size figures. And we're seeing this through Hmm. a Batman Arkham Knight armory, right? So you imagine, you know, we all know Tony Stark with his Iron Man armory and he's got all the different versions of the suit. It's a bit like that, but different versions of of the bat suit. Now they're they're small, they're three and a half inches, I think, or, or sorry. um, Yeah. 4.7. tall. 4.7 Uh, 4.7 inch armory height, right? But the figures are only three and a half inches. Yep. And when when you zoom in, so I'll just go through the list first of all. So there's Arkham Batman, 
there's a Batman Beyond movie suit and it's like the Arkham version of Batman Beyond, if that makes sense. So it's a very hyper-realistic sort of look. Mm-hmm. There's a 1989 Keaton movie suit as well as a Christian Bale 2008 movie suit. There's the Arkham Knight, right? So from that video game series. And there's a Deathstroke looking very much like how Deathstroke appeared in the, I think the, the 2.5 video game where it's at Christmas time. Well, the fact that they've said Arkham Knight, these could all come from the, the video game verse because even yeah, within that, skins, right? you had all the different skins and you okay. could be Batman Beyond and some of these crazy things. So yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's they the had a Michael Keaton's skin as well, didn't they? They do. Oh, he's, My- he's back. Darren's Hello, back. Darren. <laughs> he's coming at the right time. I hope time. you don't just... mind me coming back, gentlemen. He What's heard us say no. Batman and he had to yeah. join us. Pretty much. <laughs> coming back. We're just talking about the, the Batman Arkham Knight armory. And what I found really interesting with this is that, you know, we're talking very small, so very different to what Hot Toys normally does, but they look great. Like they look really detailed, but when you actually get up close and look at the faces, they don't have any faces. Right. What? So it's actually just an empty suit. Well, no. Uh, it's like a gallery. It's like um, a gallery. gallery. So, so some of them, uh, you know, look like they've sort of got an empty suit. But like the Keaton one and the the Bale one have like the bottom half of the face, but it's just like a mannequin. Like it's got no mouth on it. So it's just like right. a cream coloured shape. And and yeah. then the, the eyes, they don't have any eyes. So it's like it's an armory. So it's a suit, but it's like they've dressed it on a mannequin. So I found that interesting, weird. Yeah. It seemed not quite full suit, but not quite full mannequin. It was just this sort of weird in between, which I, I didn't really like. And mm. I reckon if you're going to do an armory, just take the take the mouthpiece out and make yep. it look like it's just, just a suit. Costume. Yeah, that was what I thought too. My image, particularly the Michael Keaton one, is in you know how he's got the vault or the safe with the suit in. That's what you want to recapture. That sort of look. Exactly. Yep. That that's how it should look in an armory, right? The vault scene. So I, I don't know. This when I saw the image of this, it reminded me of the stuff Eagle Moss does. So Eagle mm-hmm. Moss yeah. is like yep. the magazine. Cool. It's sort of that smaller scale. And I felt, you know, at that scale, three and a half inches, I mean, that's... But is it at a smaller price tag, Trent? Uh, the price tag is interesting. I didn't write it. Here it is, 200 US. 200 yeah. US. So See, on lot. one hand, you go, you could say, yeah, I've got six Hot Toys figures and it only cost me $200. Just don't mention the fact that they're three and three quarter inches instead yeah. of one six scale. That that price tag for that scale just has me go, you know, 200 bucks, that may not get you a full on Hot Toys, but... It's pretty much... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess it depends. Or six Star Wars figures. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I just and just bear in mind with the way the dollar is at the moment over here, that's probably four hundred or five hundred dollars Australian. Yeah. We're, we're down to a record low. I don't think we've had a low dollar at this rate since early two thousands. We are down. Yes, it's two thousand and two. Basically, we're at. Yeah, we're so. hoping we don't hit two thousand and one, which was like forty eight US cents. Yeah, we're, we're pretty much. It's 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 one of our dollars is you know you know you get. It takes two of our dollars to buy one US dollar. So four hundred dollar Australian price point is literally what we would be be looking at now. So yeah, I mean we're in a we're in an interesting time, and and toys probably aren't the priority, and and you know it takes a year probably to get these things to market. That's we're true, and we think it's going to be a lot different by then. Yeah, mm. so we'll we'll see what happens. We had some big news during the week around Shearer and the Princesses of Power. This is the Netflix television series by showrunner Noel Stevenson. 
season five is going to be it. So that's a wrap at season five. Yep. Um, fingers crossed this finishes strong and that there's time to kind of wrap up the threads. Interestingly, we know that Netflix are doing two animated series for He-Man, the Master of the Universe. So we know we're getting our Revelations line with uh, Kevin Smith. Um, but is this a sign that maybe Shearer is going to be somehow integrated into that series? We know there's different owners um, mm. of, of the cartoon series, so don't know how that would work. But I, I wonder if the timing indicates maybe a bit of a merger longer term with Shira and, and trying to bring her to that universe. I, I can't see it being um, integrated with the Kevin Smith one if it's yeah. going to be as serious as he uh, alludes to. And uh, if it's going to be the other version, uh, we've yet to find out anything except for a silhouette yeah. about That's from brilliant. He-Man. So who knows? Uh, I, I'd like, I'd like to in some ways think that this is a nice um, bow on, you know, a wrap. Like on this Shira, and if they're going to ah bow, nice joke. I see what you did. Uh, uh, you know, I, if they're going to introduce Shira in any uh, version of these new He-Man cartoons, maybe they start from scratch, so to speak. Because yeah, you don't think Revelation being a sequel to the original couldn't have like a it's going to be a very different, much more yeah. retro. It'd, it'd be, it'd totally be like different. it'd be like the cart the the Fred Wolf cartoon. Turtles meeting the the uh, Mirage turtles yeah. from the comic books. You, you know, you, I I'd, I'd turn it off straight away, Darren, unless it yeah. was uh, a tongue in cheek. I um, think I feel like this is this is the storytellers or the showrunners have basically gone. Here's the arc we want to tell. We get to the 52 episodes and and we're done. Like, yeah. um, it, it's very similar. It's from DreamWorks again. Very similar uh, to Voltron. Voltron was good, but I felt like it ran a season or two too long, and the story just got more and more ridiculous. What about eight seasons, didn't it, Voltron? Uh, seven seasons, I think seven, it was. Yeah. But yeah, that by season five, to me, sort of felt like the peak, and then the season six and seven just got a little bit crazy in places. And I think uh, who's it, Noelle Stevenson, who's the showrunner on this? She's smart enough to go, hey. Or, you know, season one and two sort of built, built, built. Season three and four, amazing in my opinion. And season five, she knows when go out on top, basically, which, yes. is, which is what yeah. this is doing. Um, I don't think there's, uh, I honestly, I don't think Mattel will have any sort of plan to roll this into any of the other ones. To Ben's point, if she is going to show up in any yeah, of the I'll, other I'll iterations that are coming. Be rolled in. I was thinking more like a, a more mature, well, mature. Yeah. I guess an older Shira. So that's absolutely. I think because of the success, that doesn't relate to this incarnation at all, but is still Shira. Yeah. To the to to based on the success of this, I think you'd be crazy not to include Shira in one of the other iterations yep. that's going to come. Um, but going back to this show in particular, go out on top. It's been a really strong from a, a television point of view. We may speak on a later episode about the uh, varying success of the toys themselves, but that's or the lack of story. availability. <laughs> exactly right. What toys? Um, yeah. Exactly. So Where I, I think, you know, I think from a show point of view, this is uh, this is a good move by them. As, yeah, as much right. as I'm sad to see it go, there is such a thing. Oh, as no. too much, too much of a. I think, it, I think if it finishes strong, and I know Trent and Ben, it probably didn't quite connect with them as much, but. I, 
um, as as perhaps Frank and I did. But I figure as long as it has a strong ending, I'll be I'll be pretty satisfied. When you compare it to other cartoons, other re- revivals, I should say, of its generation, Thundercats, Raw, uh, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think Shiru and the Princess's Powers is the strongest one. Oh, it is. Oh, it's, it's, for me, it was just one of these shows. I think I got partway through season two and I, I zoned out. And it was just one of those things I, I got taken by other things and I never yeah. got back into it. And I think judging from what I've heard, I just need to jump in and get to season three and then hopefully I'll be on the on the ride and maybe things will change. But um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't the Shira I guess, I wanted to see, but I think it was a, a well-made show and I'm going to give it another shot. Um, moving on to other well-made shows, The Mandalorian has been what a lot of people are saying was the thing Disney needed to do for the Star Wars universe to get everyone back into it. And people are credit. I think I've seen that meme floating around where it's, you know, um, The Mandalorian that's basically, you know, got the sword back from carrying the entire Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pablo Pascal has been Pablo, admitted yeah. to hospital because his back is sore from carrying the entire weight of the Star Wars fandom. Like, yeah, so that, that is that is very much a... Uh... I sent him a get well soon card. <laughs> and now... We would have sent him a baby Yoda, but where are they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can't, can't buy him. And, and look... It is nice. We obviously hot toys. We're going to get around to doing Mandalorian and they have just announced their deluxe Mandalorian and the child set. Now there's two ways you can, you can just get the regular as this happens often with hot toys. You can just get the regular version of the Mandalorian and the child and it comes with a lot of accessories, but you can get the deluxe one, which is just incredible. And I will point out with this version, it is the Beskar steel armor kind of version where he's wearing the majority of the shiny Beskar steel. And I think it's just one of the legs that still has kind of like the old. So this is his kind of final state costume. Um, This isn't even my final form. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. He's still got a bit bit to go. I don't know if this has the jetpack. Oh, it does have the jetpack. That's cool. But it's got like the baby Yoda has two heads. So it's got like the smiling face and then kind of like the more concerned or focused look. And as Hot Toys... As a hot, hot toys always does, they have nailed it. Like oh, it just so looks good. so good. Yeah. It, it looks straight off the screen. Oh, yeah, you know? I was going to say it's walked off the screen. Yeah, and he's tiny though, like because he is quite small in the show. But like to, for them to pull that off, as good as it is at that scale, yeah. even one six, it's still, he's still yeah. a, like a tiny figure. But you get like obviously the little cradle that the child comes in. You get the Beskar steel like pre-melted when, you know, he's doing the deal and he gets the payment oh. for the bounty. You get that and it, it, the little crate thing folds open and the steel's inside and he's got a few little pieces of the unmelted steel you can get out. He's got different blast effects and he's got those little um, targeting things that kind of kill some stormtroopers in one bit. Um, he's got like the little chip that sends out the hologram of him for the other bounty hunters to chase down. Guns, mm. multiple hands. It's just incredible. Comes with the base. Little little baby Yoda can sort of float next to him as he's walking along. It is amazing. It's just such a nice set. And yeah, I think this is gonna this is gonna go gangbusters. This is gonna be one of the sets that everyone wants. But I did have a question for everyone here. Which version of Mando would you want? Do you want the fully suited up version? 
or would you want the sort of rust? Uh, I personally like the ragabond look, yep. like yeah. the the the, the, the scruffy look. The yeah, but I mean, this is to have either would be a dream come true. But uh, personally, if I if I had the cash to splash around and I had a choice between two versions of Mando, I'd prefer the um the more rust buckety look. Yep. Yep. I agree. Anyone? It goes yeah. with that, it goes with that western sort of theme that he's a, a bounty hunter. Bounty hunters aren't shiny and pristine and new and yeah. and clean. And he's not invincible. They're... You know Correct. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, that's yeah. what I liked about the series is he wasn't always coming off every time uh, perfect. You know, a he winner. was getting yeah. bashed around, and yeah, um, you know, you're always like, <gasps> is he gonna be okay this round? Mm. You know? Mm. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, that, that was my take as well. But look, super cool figure. That's it for news. So a little bit thin on, on the news, but um, some interesting stuff there coming out. It'll be interesting to see what news we get going forward. Um, but I think we've got time for one more segment. Reading, watching, playing. It is time we are in lockdown, so what better time to read, watch, and play? I remember seeing a post from Jose Gonzalez, um, one of our good friends of the show, and he goes, sign me up. I'm just loading up the Nintendo right now. You know, <laughs> there, was, there was one that was like, you know, um, people that love sport and they're just like, you know, crying and, you know, the outdoor activities and people that love gaming and they're like, yep, just... This is my time. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. So we're going to jump around the room, starting with Frank. What have you been into? I know you've been busy at work, obviously dealing yep. with how to keep schools running, which mm-hmm. is pretty important. That's have you had a bit fun. of downtime to, to get a bit of media into yourself? I have. And look, in fairness, part of that has come from we have been uh, starting young Jack on the uh, controlled crying, I guess is the old way of calling it. I'm sure there's all sorts of fancy terms that don't use the word control these days, but basically teaching the kid to go to sleep on his own, which is nice for a change. So we've actually been getting a bit of time in the evenings to ourselves to to read and watch things and catch up so i've actually been getting back into my comic books picking up the uh masters of the multiverse um which is I think is a six episode arc i think they've done that up to uh issue four issue four thank you oh man it's just it's bizarre and I'm not yeah. going to spoil it if, if you haven't read it, but um, any sort of long time masters fans, it's all about the shout outs, this whole run. That's and all it is really, isn't it? It is. It's <laughs> just, a, it's just that we're pulling and they, they've done a bit of what I call it. I think it's actually published by DC and they've, very much taken from the DC universe of going, here's all the hundred different iterations, you know, we're putting it, pulling from all corners yeah, of the cool. universe. So there's yeah. some really great little shout outs and, mm-hmm. and, and throwaways in that. Some of them are very obscure. Very obscure. Yeah. I didn't understand all of it, but there's a couple you just go, oh, they killed that character. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he had that coming. Like. Yeah. <laughs> what I found, find weird about it, it it's, it's off putting for me and I get why they've done it, but the style of the original source is retained, right? And what, what I mean by that is when you see, say, movie He-Man come into yep. the into it, he looks like he's drawn with a lot more detail. And then you've got the He-Man from the Tappers of Grayscale, which is this little super deformed, tiny little character. Yep. And he's super deformed. He's just this little kind of cherub thing that's hopping around in this super animated style. And I just... It's so off-putting to me that there's no right. consistent style. They've retained the style. But in a way, that's kind of a nice throwback to the source material. And that's why, for me, this just feels like, 
homage to everything. They're not taking it too seriously. Yep. And it's just, how can we, the story, yeah, he's going kind of multi. If, you, if you make it, if you make it all the way through to issue four, you right. will lose your damn mind and go, oh, they went there. And in terms of like the meshing yep. of styles, uh, amazing. Oh, I have to pick it up. Yep. Yeah. Okay. yeah I'm, up very, very I'm cool. waiting till I've got all six issues before sure. I start reading it. Yeah. 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 And then so I'll probably the... wait a few months and then start reading it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so slack with reading. On, on the pile. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I've been reading. Uh, as far as what I've been watching, well, I think this is going to be the big area for all of us. With no sport to watch, now I'm not a, a particularly big football person or whatever, but they've cancelled my cricket. Like, I'm dying here, guys. One of the reasons I got KO is so that I can watch cricket all year round. I don't have to wait for summer. Uh, there is no cricket being played, of course, thanks to our friend COVID-19, but there is a new documentary on Amazon called The Test and is essentially a behind-the-scenes documentary from the uh, those who know their cricket will know the ball tampering scandal from about a year or so ago now. And it pretty much follows them from the lowest point that Australian cricket was at to or a year later winning the Ashes in England, which hasn't been done in over a decade sort of thing. So for a, a, a cricket tragedy like me, amazing stuff. It's, it's great because it's these, you, you, they have footage of the players just after they've gotten out and they're throwing their gear. It's the stuff you don't see on normal television. Mm, yeah. They're smashing their helmets because they're pissed off. The coach is swearing his head off and all these sorts of stuff. So really, really, really fascinating. It look looks really scenes. good. As someone who doesn't like watching um, cricket, I don't mind playing it. I don't mind playing the video games and that, but don't find it too appealing on television. Mm. This documentary, the trailer, anyway, I haven't watched it, but this documentary looks really, really good because it, it looks like it shows very raw human emotions. Absolutely, like, yeah. Like amazing. The trailer looked amazing. And that is always fascinating when that's captured. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, haven't had much time for... So that's what I've been watching mainly. I uh, haven't had much time for playing in amongst all this other stuff. Uh, that said, I believe as of just today or yesterday, uh, Spawn has landed in Mortal Kombat Ooh, 11. Yes. And just based on the trailer alone, I was like, I cannot wait for that. Uh, original voice actor from the 90s cartoon, uh, for those who remember it. And contrary to some of the fears that was in the community, he's got the cape, he's got the guns, yeah. he's got oh, the cool. chains. He's got all, all the chains it. and things. Chains. Yeah. It's, it's, they've done real yep. justice to the character. So <laughs> nice. cannot wait to get stuck into that. Very cool. Ben, what about you? <laughs> yeah, I, you know me, I... Um, I entertain the idea of reading comics and I just uh, add them to my pile <laughs> next to the bedside table. Uh, <laughs> I, I never get any time to gaming. It's once a blue moon, I find something good, I'll thrash it and then won't dust off the old um, consoles for a while. Uh, TV is always where it's at for me. I've seen some pretty cool um, Netflix uh films recently uh ma ma uh, is pretty cool a bit of a horror series that takes a lot of twists and turns and keeps you guessing all the way through i thought that was really good uh, lost girls was a cool film i watched uh, the other night um i've uh finished watching season three of castlevania i thought that was epic it just every season just keeps getting better and better um i'm really every episode i was watching i was thinking oh man a Masters Universe is just going to look so freaking cool if they continue this art style and things. I can't wait. Yeah, it, it's really good. I thought it looked good too. In mm. Castlevania, yeah. Yeah, um, I tried looking it up before. I found something on uh, Netflix. I think it was Netflix. It was like Bloodstain or something like that. It's a German um, sort of six-part series 
uh, all separate episodes, but it takes the sort of idea from Black Mirror, except without the technology. So it's got that horror aspect and twists and turns. And, you know, the uh, uh, first, I've only watched the first episode, but I thought it was really good. So, you know, a family find out they can get, um, they've moved to a country town. Everybody in the town is petting animals, everything from cats to dogs to chickens to little piglets to horses and things. And the, the wife is like, what, what's, I knew people in the country like animals, but what the hell, you know, and no, they can't work it out. Long story short, they find out that well, she finds out that the town ha is based on an old Viking grounds and there's a, um, a uh, sacrificial uh, rock and if they sacrifice a loved uh, one on the rock, oh, uh, wow. good fortune comes their way, right? So she sacrifices, you know, a, a rat. She <laughs> doesn't get anything. She sacrifices, um, you know, I won't allude to it. Escalation. But, uh, yeah, it just escalates from there. And um, <laughs> again, a lot of twists and turns and things, and it keeps you guessing, my gosh, where, where the hell's coming to? Um, really enjoying that. I don't know if it is called Blood Stained or something like that. <laughs> but, um, it's something something blood and, and from Germany. Something um, blood. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it definitely uh, caught my interest, and I'm keen to watch the other episodes. So, nice. Mm. Very good. Darren, you've been up to much? <laughs> haven't had as much time lately as I'd like, but I, I did um, read through the first four issues of uh, E-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse. Enjoying that, really loved the shout-outs, really loved the, the different styles and the transitions from, from different incarnations and that. What I have been doing today, I had a um, bit of time and I've been going through the some of the old... Tomart's um, action figure encyclopedias, nice. you know, um, yep. because they're, they're good, it's fun good reading. And, That's great. And one. also, sort of thinking what, you know, what perhaps we might better mine from there. You never know. Yeah. And um, in terms of inspiration, and I've also been reading, because I've looked through it, but I've also been reading the um, the Toys at Time Forgot Volume 2. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. You know, and I've been enjoying that. So, been been doing a bit of that and you know i've been watching a little bit of netflix but not a lot not a lot of series lately i've, I've had a really funnily enough really busy week so yeah. i haven't had a chance we, to I think we all have too mate. much yeah. but uh, yeah but, I feel bad, so. uh, <laughs> but i'm looking forward to maybe having a bit more time next week yeah mm. nice one man. one show i did just quickly forget uh as a new one i've you know, stumbled across called breeders uh stars martin freeman who of course we probably all know as bilbo baggins amongst uh, other things yep. um he uh wrote and sort of is executive producer and stars in this show if it is for anyone who has kids to be completely honest and, and i'm <laughs> sorry sorry to leave you out of in the cold here darren but yes, sir. it's uh very very british in its humor and um, if you've ever been at that point where you're like, you're just like, oh my God, your kids are driving me nuts. You need to watch this show. Yeah, Martin, cool. Martin Freeman is your spirit animal. Like yeah. he's, it's, it's amazing. As the perpetual big kid, it might give me some inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> some material. Yeah. 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 Um, I've been consuming very little. I, in fact, now I'm working from home and trying to write. I actually cancelled all my subscription services. Oh, not wow. That wow. That's a big move. To, to focus. And um, it's just, yeah, it's it's working to some extent. But so no enough, Netflix? No Netflix, no. What did your kids no. think, though? 
Oh, they're fine. They're fine. There's so much media out there, you know. Yeah, yeah they're, they're fine. Yeah. yeah. But we went away for a little holiday just before COVID kind of hit, just two hours down to a little place called Munta here yep. on the um, on the York. In the Iron Triangle. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And um, stayed at a little place there, and they had you know the old obligatory DVD player, and sat down with Robbie one day when Callum and Liam went out crabbing, and. Um, He's like, I said, what do we want to watch? And they had you know, various kids' movies. And he's like, oh, I want to watch Inspector Gadget 2. So sat down and watched Inspector Gadget 2. I remember watching a bit of Inspector Gadget, the first one with um, Matthew Broderick. Yeah. And, they, and, and, and I, I, I didn't like it. And I took it <laughs> maybe 20 minutes in because um, it felt like an affront to my child. So how did you feel about the second one with Fred Stewart? Oh, like, uh, the second one was like watching, it felt like watching Round the Twist. It was hilarious. And it, it, okay. Dave's Video Graveyard, Dave, if you're listening, you need to do Inspector Gadget too. It's got um, Mark Mitchell. Mark Mitchell plays Chief Quimby. Um, oh. and, and for those, Conta Fruiter, for those that Conta remember Fruiter, the comedy right? company, <laughs> I think he was in Round the Twist, wasn't he, as well? Like... Um, um, but one of one of yeah, very iconic um, comedian who played a very I guess maybe you couldn't do it today a very um, stereotypical Greek fruiter and became famous for that. But because it was filmed in Brisbane, it was filmed entirely in Brisbane. Um, you get you get a lot of Australian uh, actors sort of showing up, and it was it was quite amusing. But the special, I think it's circa. Early 2000s, I think. Yeah, first, I think it is, yeah. Sort of 2000s. Straight to video, I think, back in the day. I don't think it is. <laughs> oh, and, and boy, is it straight to video. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's done on a budget of $12 million or something. It's really, it's really low. But it's like, um, oh, the special effects are... To call them special, to put the word special effect in there is... is <laughs> um, but it was funny. We watched it. We got to the end and, and, and watched it through. And it was like, okay, there was some moment, you know, there was, it was painful to watch, but Robbie was enjoying it. And, and right at the end, he goes, um, I want to watch the next one. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is the first one. It's the Matthew Broderick version. So we'll go and watch that. Put it on. And it's all share houses, you know, where they've got a DVD player. They're scratched to bugger. Yeah. Oh, and, no. and we started watching it. It just wouldn't work. And then I realised why Inspector Gadget 2 played all the way to the end. No one had watched it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, one, no one had watched it. No one not watching that. <laughs> <laughs> not, not scratched at all. So, yeah, it was, it was just hilarious. The other thing that I had watched, and I'd been really meaning to, I'd, I'd had a, um, been on this thing where I'd been talking to a very well-known producer, and he... he came to me one day and he goes i've just seen parasite you have to watch parasite yes parasite was parasite, amazing right? yes yeah yes. yeah so he's like yeah. so i've been oh i gotta see parasite gotta see parasite Ooh. so i put it on my birthday wish list and my in-laws got me parasite on blu-ray so i Ooh. sat down and i watched it with my wife and it's it's beautifully shot yeah. um but it's a very interesting story you know a bit essentially of this family that it's almost comp comedic in a way that he kind of gets into work for this wealthy family as an English tutor. And then he kind of gets one by one different members of his family to fill different positions by kind of getting rid of the driver. So dad can become a Just, just on that. So you hear parasite, you think horror, this is a horror film. Yeah, I know, but it's completely not. So that, that, that um, surprised me. From yeah. the start, and that's yeah. And someone said, "Don't just." I probably shouldn't have, shouldn't say too much, but you know, don't know too much about it because it kind of exactly. spoils it. Yes, so yes. You just go. I just went into it, and then 
it's, it's a very good film and, and the producer I was talking to is saying it's beautifully shot. You know, he knows how to shoot a film and it is, it's absolutely beautiful. But I felt a bit, I, I didn't quite know where it, where it sat. It, it had such sort of funny moments, but then it had such deep moments. And I guess maybe that was a, a positive, but I found it a little bit off-putting um, and maybe that was intentional. The other film I've seen of his, which is Snowpiercer with Captain America, Chris Evans. Yeah, so different. <laughs> Yeah, so very different, very almost the one I, I liken that to is City of Lost Children with Ron Perlman, um, which is a um, French film by Luc Besson. And it's it's that very sort of quirky, futuristic, but but a bit off-centre, bit off-beat, Snowpiercer's got that very um, City of Lost Children vibe to it. But so, so very different because it's not sort of fantastical. But that even left me with this strange feeling, this sort of, off-center odd feeling i came out i didn't come out of it feeling feeling great and which is maybe the intent but after Mm. seeing parasite i wondered you know good film but did it deserve the hype that it got that was sort of where i was left i i I, and i thought that too but i didn't i think if it didn't get the hype it uh, got i it would have flown under my radar and i never would have heard or seen about it would you have been disappointed that you never would have seen it uh, see, after seeing it now, that is sort of my film. I, yeah, I like sort of... those Donnie Darko sort of, um, you know, uh, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, uh, quirky films that uh, leave you thinking, you know, mm. well, well, well like, you watched it. Yeah, yeah, you know, what else was going on? And they could almost do another movie on the other characters in that film and, and Trent knows what I'm talking about and others yeah. will know as well that have seen the film. I don't want to give anything away, but uh, there's, there's films inside the film that could be made, you know, yeah. of, of, of that. And um, I think I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's definitely not worth the Oscar nominee, you know. That, like, that's, uh, that's where I thought, yeah, I thought that yeah. it was, it was a good film. But yeah, but 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 interesting. I guess if they're going to pick the first foreign film to win the actual best picture Oscar, you know, and they wanted to to do something in that space, mm-hmm. a kind of worthy candidate because it was well well made, well produced, well shot, and all those. Sort and of things. you know, it didn't need any special effects or anything no. like that. Mm. And so they must have now that they've got oh, yeah. their name out there in big bold letters, Look they must have project. made a killing oh, yeah. off it. You know, well, um, it was hilarious because I saw it. In the video, I saw it in Shintokyo, which is a Japanese right, yes. anime store. And, and I took a photo and said, you know, birthday ideas. Mm. And I got it a couple of weeks later for my birthday, watched it on Blu-ray, that sort of thing. And when I watched it on Blu-ray that night, it was still on at the cinemas. So you could right. still, really? yep, yep, you could go wow. and watch it. Yep. So obviously it had a bit of a, you know, a longevity because it won the Oscar and people are like, I want to see, I want to see it. Yeah, they brought a lot of films back. Yeah that were nominated for Oscars. Right. But in, okay. in saying that, though, Trent... In the week or two before the Oscars. In saying that, though, Trent, is that the... Um, when you say it's at the cinemas, is that the uh, art house film cinemas or is that the uh, blockbuster I Hoyts, Hoyts and so things? It was a Hoyts. When I was yeah, I was pretty sure it was back on at Hoyts as well. well yeah, okay. yeah, it was a Hoyts, but um, right. yeah, I, I presume yeah. it's at some of the... Interesting. Art. Cool. Yeah, well, Joker to... came back as well. A whole heap right. of them came back that had left cinema and then we're back for a fortnight or so mm. very good all right we're going to wrap this episode of toy power we hope it hasn't been too depressing we want you know obviously we want to keep going with toy power we're going to look at investing in some new equipment to make sure we can do zoom and have it sounding as good as possible um thank you so much to everyone on the patreon page for 
chatting and, and obviously there were a lot of topics, you know, the general page got a lot of discussion this time and mm-hmm. interesting to see how different people around the world were, were coping with, with COVID-19. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for your support and thank you everyone for tuning into another episode and bearing with us as we try a new format of getting the show out there to you. And hopefully we'll see you still, you know, around the traps, collecting in some form and, and peace out, look after one another and look after yourselves. Make sure your, your family, friends are, are, are looked out for, particularly the, the most vulnerable and stick together, I think is, is a really key message. And, and yeah, hopefully stay safe and we'll see you on the other <laughs> stick side. Stick together, but stay a safe. Yeah, <laughs> within together, reason. Sort of, yeah, within yeah, yeah. <laughs> from, a, from a, from a checking in sort of point of view. Just as, as uh, what Trent said, just remember this is a community where people do stick together and, and, you know, um, feel free to reach out to us, send us an email or, or, um, a message on Facebook or Instagram or wherever you like. Um, we're always open for a chat, you know, and we know these are uncharted times, but you know, there's a lot to be positive about and, and this is a strong community and, you know, we unite. We can get through it. If you're and stuck indoors, uh, enjoy your collection. Absolutely, yeah. clean those absolutely. shelves. Clean the shelves you've been putting off for ages. <laughs> yep. Yep. If you have to self-isolate, self-isolate with your toys. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dream come true for me. Actually. <laughs> and until next time, good journey. You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places: Facebook.com/slash Toy Power Podcast, at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Or have your say and email us, toypowerpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher, and please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people. Want to learn more? Go to giantsizeteamup.com, where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but they're more awesome.